1: Hey, yeah. oh, 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 oh,
2: oh. oh, the dead calls, they were all in one accord Waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord One hundred and twenty gathered in one place the praying for the Spirit of grace When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. Mm -hmm. And this is is there, spoken by the prophet prophet Uh Joel. This is is there, spoken by the prophet prophet Joel. In the last days I poured out my spirit,
1: saying, Lord.
2: Think. Some Begin To off and said they've had too much to drink. Peter said These Men Are on my drunk as yeah, She supposed. Here comes the preaching and the will begin to flow. They caught up in and breathed, and what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. I don't I, I, I see, see that. Spoken by the coffee, Joe. Oh, no. I don't see that. Spoken by the coffee, Joe. Say it Hey, it's been two thousand years And the wind's still blowing, The rain's still falling And the well's still flowing The promise has an ended. you can't dispute the facts The fire's still burning Just like the book of Acts He fills you with the spirit You will speak with other tongues That's still the way That the holy ghost comes hi, hi, hi. spoken by the prophet Oh, see that? Spoken by the prophet
3: get tired of that song that's tim spell singing uh this is that and this is pastor bob with the tell it like it is radio show good to have you with us tonight and we are what is it september 27th 2020 it sounds right so if you're listening to us that night it's live and if you listen to it later it's not so easy to know that we've got um in the studio with me just he's an observer tonight he doesn't want to be on the radio but rather alfred deed's is here tonight in the studio from Buchanan, Michigan, and he's preaching at our church this week. And what a, what a service we had today! What a tremendous message of a faith building message. And we're just excited to have he and his wife Eunice with us. And he'll be with us all the way until next Sunday. So, if you're in the Dickinson area, we want you to um, Wednesday night seven thirty. He'll be ministering Thursday night in Bowman at seven thirty. Uh, that's, I think, 19 Main Street, Bowman. That's the uh Cornerstone Church there. And then Friday night back in Dickinson, 730 at 501 Elks Drive, our church. And then next Sunday at 11 o'clock, he'll be preaching. So if you um, are in the area and you want to come, we'd love to have you come. If you know Brother Deeds, text me tonight when you text 701-290-7862. We'll see if there's any um, Deedites out there. <laughs> That are that are uh, listening tonight, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church. As I mentioned, five hundred one Elks Drive. Throughout the broadcast, I'll be mentioning that. I will not make any bones about it. We're on the air to make sure that you know about our church. You know about our message. I don't want to ever um, do a radio show without mentioning the Acts two thirty eight message, and I will get to that tonight in my topic. Uh, brought my guitar in the studio studio of the Natives begin to get restless and cry out for me to sing, I might do that. And then otherwise, I've got some good music lined up. I, I think i got a Lance Appleton song lined up next here. And so uh, text me tonight. You can be part of the program, 701-290-7862. Right now, we've got Brother Rose has texted in from Kentucky. We've got uh, Brother Griffith from Great Falls, Montana. Brother Griffith, I really, really like your pastor. Brother Erpelding, uh, just a neat guy and uh, just so encouraging. If... If he I see that he calls me and I don't have time to take it, I won't take it because he and I will spend at least an hour talking on the phone and so I really like him. I don't know if Brother Erpolding, ever listens to this broadcast or not, but Brother Griffith, you tell him that um that I like him and we'd like to have him come back to Dickinson and preach for us. Tonight I wanna to start with first Samuel chapter three and verse one. And I spoke about this a week ago, or this past Wednesday, uh, we had, uh, I was getting our church ready for Brother Deeds' ministry, and I wanted to speak about this. Uh, the title of it is Direct Preaching, and how important direct preaching is. Oh boy, a bunch of people are texting me now. Woo. Uh, there's a, There's a guy named Paul Deeds that says he knows Elder Deeds. He's, he's listening tonight, so I bet he knows you. I bet you got a few spankings from that, br- Brother Elder Deeds, or, or maybe not enough spankings. I'm not sure which one, but we've got um, Ben Burling listening, or Nathaniel Burling listening. We've got the stoners listening. These are not pot stoner, pot smoking stoners. That's their real last name. Brother Johnson's listening in Clear Lake tonight. Good to have all you guys. Oh, people are texting, 701-290-7862. Let's start here, First Samuel three one. And it says this, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the Word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision now, up until then, all the way through um, when Moses was alive, when Joshua was was alive, even in the book of judges, God would speak and and now we read in first Samuel. A period of time where the Bible said that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no, in other words, he, um, it was rare. It was like God didn't seem to be speaking. And then it says there was no open vision, which is exactly the same as that. And here's my question to start out with tonight. Why wasn't God speaking in those days? Now, I'm going to tell you this. It wasn't because God didn't want to. God has always desired to reach out to, to men. He's always had a desire to to, uh, to turn men around. He's always sent prophets. He's always sent preachers. He's always spoken. Uh, God is not willing that any should perish. And so why? It's, this seems really odd to me that it says that God wasn't speaking in those days, that the word of the Lord was precious. And I don't believe that God wants to be silent. I don't think—now, possibly maybe God wasn't speaking because nobody was listening— but even then, um, you know, I, I know I a lot of times if I'm talking to somebody and they aren't listening, I quit talking because I'm thinking it's not doing any good anyway. But I don't even know if God is like that. I think he'll keep talking, hoping somebody will listen. So I, I don't believe that um, that it was because God wanted to be silent, that there was no—that the word of the Lord was rare. I believe that that it was— uh, in fact, um, you know, even when Stephen was talking in the book of Acts, it wasn't that God didn't want to talk. These people didn't want to listen. And they, in fact, full-grown men, Brother Deeds, would plug their ears and then go stone Stephen. I think how childish, you know, he's speaking. They got their ears plugged. Little kids do that. But they didn't want to hear what Stephen said. But God kept talking. And finally, Stephen, of course, they shut him up by killing him. But here, here's what. I believe this means when it says the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. This is what the radio broadcast is going to be about. I believe there wasn't a preacher that was preaching. That's what I believe. I don't believe that God could find someone to preach until Samuel came along. That's what I mean. Because when it says that there was no open vision in, in Hebrew, that means that there was no clear or direct preaching. Uh, there was no... Direct preaching in those days this this uh, until samuel came along there wasn't anybody in these days that was clearly explaining clearly telling people the word of the lord and so plain straight uh straightforward preaching is what god is looking for and this was not happening um you know you can find all through the bible that god needs a preacher he needs somebody to plainly preach i mean you look at jonah for instance the city of nineveh was was um, under judgment god was going to destroy it and god couldn't find anybody brother deeds he couldn't find anyone and and the man he found didn't want to go and finally uh, god convinced Jonah to go, I believe, by saving his life in the belly of the whale. That's what I believe. Some people believe he twisted Jonah's arm in the belly of the whale, but if you read that prayer clearly, it's Jonah was thankful that God had saved his life from drowning, and he went to Nineveh with a bad attitude, and he told the people of Nineveh what God wanted him to say, and they repented. So it wasn't that God didn't want to tell Nineveh, it was God couldn't find a preacher. And so God needs a a Jonah to go to Nineveh. He he does. Uh, God, God, um, you know, God needs preachers, but he doesn't need just any kind of preacher. He needs a preacher that will spit it out. That'll tell it straight. That will won't beat around the bush. I was talking to brother deeds just before I went on the air here. And he, like I said, he doesn't want to be on the air. Otherwise I wouldn't be on the air because I love listening to him, uh, especially tell some of these stories that I never get tired of. But, but, this, you know, I can't stand preaching where I don't know what they're saying. Like I can't stand it. I like, like I don't. I just can't. Sometimes a, a preacher will build this base, and I think I know what he's saying, and and then I'm waiting for him to bring some kind of a practical application, and he doesn't do it, and I I just can't hardly stand it. I I um, I, I want to jump up and just. <laughs> Tell them, just spit, spit, it out. Just tell me, tell me what you're trying to say. Second Timothy four, two, Paul told Timothy that he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. And then he said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers that aren't teaching anything. They're, they're te- they have itching ears, and they're going to heap to themselves teachers that are going to just get up and say, Jesus loves you, and that's all you need to know. But that isn't all what you need to know. You know, it isn't. And so so direct preaching, that's that's my favorite kind of preaching. And and, and I know that um, I'm convinced, and any of you that are listening on Holy Ghost Radio that are preachers here today and are thinking that direct preaching will cause people to not want to come to your church, or direct preaching will cause people to leave your church, I disagree so much with that. I believe direct preaching will cause people to want to come to your church. You know, there are people in our Dickinson area that have come to our church that get so upset about direct preaching that they quit going, they quit coming, and they try other churches, and these other churches are not clearly telling people what they need to do to be saved. In Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 9, the Bible says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the holy one of israel to cease from before us and in verse 12 he said wherefore thus saith the holy one of israel because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and st- and stay therein he goes on to say i'm not going to read it all but he said you're like a wall that's ready to fall he said you're you with because you are telling the seers and the prophets to tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear uh you are headed for disaster. You know, so this idea, let's find a preacher, you know, let's let's find a preacher that will tell us what we want. Let's find a preacher that will tell us something that makes us feel good. You know, years ago, I was listening to a, a radio talk show when I was at work, and it wasn't a Christian, it was a political talk show, but the this man that was doing the talk show was Catholic, and he he made a statement, he said, going to church should be all about feeling better about when you leave than when you came in. And I couldn't disagree more with that. You know, going to church is not making you feel better about being wrong. You know, this This is not about, uh, you know, this program isn't about feeling good. It's about becoming good so you can start feeling good. You know, I, and I know I've said that, that's kind of a little cliche I use all the time, but this This. Christianity. this type of direct preaching doesn't have anything to, to do with feeling good. It's about becoming good. Because once you become good, like for instance, you've been using drugs for 20 years, and I'm going to try to get you to feel good about that and feel good about yourself. What about if I preach to you and you quit using drugs? And now you start feeling good because you've done something good. Well, I've got a lot here to say tonight, and I'm going to play a little song, this Lance Appleton song, and then I'll get right back to it. I'm going to read these texts. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. that song pastor bob the tell it like it is show we've got people here texting that no brother brother deeds and uh sister roadie in valley city said uh, say hello praise the lord to brother deeds and uh we've got uh, a bunch of people listening tonight some hostetlers out on beach is alvin listening uh, i heard he invited brother deeds for supper on tuesday night does that mean my wife and i can come too or just he and his wife better let me know because if you, if I can come, I'll take I'll bring them out with me. We've got um, let's see, we've got um, the Stegners listening and Bowman. We're going to be coming your way on Thursday night. We'll see you guys down there, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, and we are talking tonight about about direct preaching. In the Book of Judges, chapter seventeen, verses nine through thirteen, we read a story of a Levite. That was just traveling through. It says in Judges seventeen nine. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell, dwell with me, be a father, and, and be unto me a father and a priest. And I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and a suit of apparel and thy victuals. So the Levite went in, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man. And um I'll just kind of stop reading there and if you don't know your bible this is a story about a levite a priest a jewish priest that was looking for a job he was looking for an opportunity he was looking maybe a pastor you could say looking for a church that had a good salary and uh, there was another man there that wanted to have a pastor and wanted to pay the pastor and they came to an agreement on the price and so they were both very satisfied with it now I'm going to tell you that, that preaching the Word of God and direct preaching should never have anything to do with uh, a preacher for hire. You know, it shouldn't be like that. I, I don't believe in that. I, I Jesus talked about the difference between a shepherd and a hireling. And I believe that this concept of direct preaching, <clears throat> you know, I, there, like for instance, in our church in Dickinson, I, I, really, really have over the years fallen in love with all the people that come. And so because of that, sometimes I I feel like a grandpa. Like I just want to overlook things. Like I don't want to address things. Now, in my case, it's not because I would lose an income on it. I don't draw an income from our church. Nothing wrong with drawing an income from the church, but that's just the way it's worked here. And uh, maybe someday I will draw an income from the church, but I have not done that yet. But this what I'm saying is for me it's not like I'm afraid they'll quit coming because I'll lose money I'm just afraid I'll quit. they'll quit coming because they'll be lost and because of that sometimes you don't want to directly preach maybe you start seeing people that aren't dressing modestly but used to maybe but now things are changing uh, maybe skirts are getting shorter and tops are getting lower and those type of clothes are getting tighter or whatever but I believe that without direct preaching that the church always tends to gravitate towards worldliness. I believe it will, no matter how good of a church it is, we still all of us still need to be reminded of of things in the Word of God. And so I read that scripture to tell you that that it isn't about a pastor looking for a job or a church looking for a pastor. It's about telling people the truth. And so tonight, the rest of this broadcast, I'm just going to bring up a couple or maybe a few areas where we need direct preaching. Uh, Number one, we need direct preaching pointing people to salvation. Acts 2.42 said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. I cannot stress too much the importance of of the apostles' doctrine, this idea that that we are uh, we we don't have any right. I don't have a right. You don't have a right. The pope doesn't have a right to change the apostles' doctrine. Whatever Peter preached on the uh, day of Pentecost to be saved, we still need to preach that today. We can't. We don't have. We can't water it down. We can't change it, and we have to directly tell people what it is. There was a young man that came to our church many years ago. He went to high school with my oldest son, Luke. And this man came and visited our church. And he was, uh, you know, uh, he was a punk rock, was the leader of a punk rock band. Uh, He uh, looked goofy. You know, he had a mohawk and uh, just, you know, really a goofy looking kid. And anyway, he, it's a long story, but through a series of events, he became convinced of the Acts 238 message, and thank God he's still convinced of it and and goes to a Pentecostal church out in California now, and he's still a very good friend of mine. But during this time, he was while he was just getting into church, he he turned his punk rock band into a Christian punk rock band, and he was still asked to sing at other churches. And he was singing. he and his band were singing at a church down in South Dakota. They were invited to sing there. And he put on, performed his concert. At the end of the concert, the pastor, who was not a Pentecostal, gave an altar call. And kids came up and they prayed. And after they were all done praying, the pastor said, does anybody want to testify? And this young man, his name was Lawrence, he said, I'd like to testify. Now, Lawrence is the one that had just put on the concert. And this is what he said. He said, this pastor has encouraged you all to give your life to Jesus and ask Jesus to be your personal Savior. And that's a good start. He said, but next you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's your next step. And that pastor got so upset with my friend Lawrence that he lost his temper. And in front of everyone, and I still have a hard time believing this, but witnesses told me it happened. He told my, fr- my this young 17-year-old boy, he said, I'd rather go to hell forever than to listen to you talk for another 10 minutes. He said, I'd rather go to hell than spend 10 minutes in heaven with somebody like you. Why would he get so mad? Because it was direct preaching. When it comes to, the, there was a, and I don't know, maybe she's listening to me tonight, but there was a lady several years ago, my wife and I were out with her husband and her visiting, having lunch. And she was trying to build a common ground with me She's and she was trying to she was trying to say, you know even baptism, I mean, if you're sincere, it's good enough and and I remember telling her, no, you've got to be baptized in Jesus name. See, I have found that if you beat around the bush with people, and I'll hear again, I'm not against tact, I'm not against finding common ground with people of course not." But but somehow some way if you're going to help people you've got to have direct preaching. And so tonight I'm telling you directly that praying the sinner's prayer can be a good start. It can be the beginning of of a real repentance prayer. But there's more to salvation than praying the sinner's prayer. You've got to repent of your sins like Acts 238 says, be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the holy spirit and here uh, brother deeds in our area i have to explain baptism because many of the fine catholic and lutheran people here believe baptism means sprinkling but the word baptism means to immerse completely dunk under the water and so if you've never been baptized in the name of jesus you need to be and and here again this radio show is not about uh, becoming popular or or getting everybody uh you know, to find common ground. It's it's about, the name of the program is Tell It Like It Is. And I would rather have you know how to be saved and not be saved than to have you not know how to be saved and not be saved. And so, number one, salvation. You've got to have direct preaching. I'm so thankful that when I came to God uh, many years ago, my wife and I, that I had a pastor that believed in direct preaching. My pastor, David Walters, uh, he didn't. He really didn't ever beat around the bush about anything. Uh, he was always very direct. He would he would say ex- exactly, um, you know, what he felt and what he believed, and you knew exactly where he stood. And you talk about refreshing, because we that's what we need in this world. It cuts through the confusion. I am, you know, here again. Uh, you know, you that are not apostolic, you can ignore this part. But you that are apostolic, and especially you that are ministers today, clear preaching will bring a great revival to your city. But trying to be like uh, these other denominations, you know, the emerging church idea, the, uh, you know, we're going to try to, you know, trick people into maybe spring the plan of salvation on them later. No, just tell them. Just tell them straight out. This is what we believe. And and so many other things like that. Let me just go with the, the concept of who Jesus is. We need people to directly tell people who Jesus is. The Bible teaches that there's only one God. There are not three persons in God. There's only one God. That's it. And the Bible teaches that God is a spirit. And the Bible teaches the only God there is, is the Father. That's what the Bible teaches. Uh many places, unto us there's but one God, even the Father, Paul said in Second Corinthians. Uh, Jesus, in, in John 17, um, just over and over, talked about there's only one true God, the Father. Uh, Isaiah 44 and 8 says, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time? Have I declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. People that believe that there are three persons in the Godhead are smarter than God because they think that God is standing there next to two other people. But but he, he's not. He's not. He's all alone. God is a spirit. The Father is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is that spirit. And that spirit was the spirit that was in Jesus. And Jesus was the visible image of the invisible Father. That's who he is. And so when you see one throne in heaven and one seated on a throne, that will be Jesus, and Jesus is that visible image of the invisible God. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily in him. Now, some of you are like, well, so what? Well, I'm telling you, that goes against the creed and the doctrine of many, many people that have been deceived in this idea of a multiplicity of persons in the Godhead. And so when I directly say that, that, that can cause a division. But it's still true. See, direct preaching, telling people the truth is, Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, that wasn't Paul's fault if it was, if it was so. And when it comes to who Jesus is, Jesus said himself in John 14, 7, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Jesus I can't i I'm just say it this third time he is the visible image of the invisible Father that's who he is, and that's what he claimed to be, and that's why the Jews said in john uh, ten they said you being a man, make yourself into God, you know, but actually they were very close, but actually he was God that came as a man, and so this this um you know this this uh, radio show tonight is just talking about the value of direct preaching and and i'm going to we're going to move into the area of holiness i'll just catch my breath here uh play a little bit of this crazy song text me tonight i'll read these texts seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two.
4: For the remission of sins I heard I had to rise To walk in unison of life Receive the Holy Ghost Speak it in other tongues I
3: heard the word I like that song I said I wasn't going to play the whole thing Then I got talking to Brother Deeds Good to have you back Tell it like it is radio show We're talking about direct preaching We've got the king of direct preaching Sitting in the studio studio with me We, we have... Um, you know, he can't say anything, so I'll just brag on him. But we had, um, we've had, we got a special connection with Brother Deeds, and we really love his ministry here. Our whole church uh, really does. And if you want to hear some good preaching uh, and find out what apostolic is all about, and you live in Dickinson, North Dakota, or the area, Wednesday night, 7.30 is our next service. We'd love to have you come Thursday down in Bowman at 7.30, Friday night back in Dickinson at 7.30, and then next Sunday for our regular church service. Direct preaching is so important. You know, um, contrary to what many people believe, direct preaching about righteousness, holiness, worldliness, I believe is a breath of fresh air, and I believe that you will not offend many sinners by telling them what pleases God and what doesn't please God, especially people that are on their way to God. You know, this—I I, I was no exception uh, I, I, was, I didn't know how to please God. I didn't know. I was as worldly when I was 20 years old as anybody ever was. And when I first started coming to a Pentecostal church, I'm telling you, I appreciated somebody telling me the way it was. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And so... I believe that we've got to have people tell us what pleases God and what doesn't. You know, if you walk into a house that has uh maybe somebody burned something that was cooking, and you walk into that house and you smell that smell, it's very strong. But if you stay in the house long enough, you won't smell that burnt smell anymore. And so you walk back out of the house, come back in, and you'll smell it again. That's the way worldliness is. You can get used to sin. You can get used to worldliness. You can get used to that smell of sin. And if you do, you won't notice any different. That's why direct preaching will bring us to to -to face-to-face. My pastor used to say this. I was just witnessing to somebody about this week that I was having lunch with, and he did disagree with me, but I convinced him. But... How, you know, Jesus came to save sinners. How are you going to know you're a sinner if somebody doesn't tell you what sin is? You see, it's important to preach righteousness. It's important to preach. Like, right now you're listening to me in Dickinson and you're living with somebody that you're not married to and having sexual relations with somebody that's not your spouse. And you think you're right with God. But you're not. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, that that just offended a bunch of people. Well, uh, I would rather offend you now than have you find out someday that you're lost. Wouldn't you? You know, let's get away from the world long enough into God's presence, and that way, at least when you come back to the world, you know something's not right. Are you so used to this world that you don't see something wrong, uh, with the trash that is being fed to us and our children on television, Hollywood. You know, this, this, um, you know, this idea that, that, um, there was a, there was a young man not too long ago that told me, he came into my office and he told me, uh, Pastor Simons, he said, I just disagree with you on this television thing. He said, I think, You should quit preaching about it. He said, because I really like watching television. It makes me happy. He said, don't you think that God wants me to be happy? And I told him, I said, there's a lot of people in this church that are very happy that don't have televisions. I said, it doesn't mean anything about being happy. But I looked at this young man. I said, do you know, if I would quit preaching about television, many of the people in this church would quit coming. Because they have a love for holiness. They, they, they really do. And so this idea that, you know, we need direct preaching. You know, we need to, I mean, we, we need to have people tell us, you know, I mean, like, when is listening to swearing, foul language, watching nudity and violence? When is it okay? When was it ever okay? Now, you might be used to it, but I think you know, there's so many things I was influenced by my pastor who's passed away now, but he said that we need to make sin look exceedingly sinful. We we need to make it look exceedingly sinful, and we are doing people a favor when we do that. And so, as a, as a holiness preacher, direct preaching, my job is to preach that husbands and wives need to stay together, and that... Young people and teenagers need to stay apart. <laughs> I mean, in fact, I could sum up most of my preaching just in that statement. You know, if, if, you know, those that are not married don't need to be having sexual relations, and those that are married should be with each other. We, we need to, we need to, um, preach that God is concerned about our, our appearance. Now, I, here again, I, there's a man that is very, influential, he's a, he's a very well-respected person. And he and I have had email debates about this. Um, one of the men in our church, he does the radio show occasionally, he wrote a wonderful article about television. And, and he this man, uh, Dr. Matt Ramsey, he's got a Ph.D. in psychology. It was a wonderful article, but there was a Pentecostal magazine that didn't want to publish the article. And I said, why not? I I got involved with it. And they said, well, we feel like this this magazine is kind of like your Sunday morning service, and you wouldn't preach that at your Sunday morning service. But I would, like I would. People that are the only people that get mad at me for preaching about the evils of Hollywood television are the people that are probably backslidden already. But new people... And people that are coming to God, it makes sense to them. It made sense to me. I mean, I was I was an avid television watcher and um, movie person. I loved those things. I I that was one of my forms of entertainment. But when I, you know, when God began to deal with me, before I even met my pastor, we were going to another Pentecostal church that the pastor didn't preach it quite as straight. Or I I think he believed it as straight, but he he didn't. Um, you know, verbalize it. But when we ended up back in the Bismarck church, Pastor Walters began preaching these things. And I'm like, well, you've got, I'm on board with that already. So we, we need to realize that there are, we are living in a world where people, we have drifted as a society so far away from God that when you, you know, one of my favorite, uh, is that Aesop's fables was the story of the Emperor's New Clothes. I love that story. In the story of the Emperor's New Clothes, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but this emperor was sold a bill of goods that he had these invisible clothes, and the only people that uh, could not see them were stupid people or people that weren't worthy of their position. And so the king didn't want to admit that he couldn't see them, and his, his advisors didn't want to admit they couldn't see him, and none of the people wanted to admit they couldn't see the clothes. And so the king was in a parade showing off his new clothes, but he didn't have any clothes on. And a little 10-year-old boy yelled out, He's got no clothes on. See, that's what I want to be. I want to be that little boy that tells the truth. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, uh it, it for instance it matters what our appearance is. In Proverbs chapter seven and verse ten it says he said, Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. What is the attire of a harlot? It's the attire or the clothing that's revealing, that's sexual, that's enticing. That's the attire of a a harlot. And now we have parents dressing up their 12-year-old girls like that. Just because society says something's in style? I mean, does that really make sense to anybody? You know, what are we trying to sell? Like if you're trying to sell Budweiser, yeah, dress up like that. If you're trying to sell Jesus... Maybe we should dress a different way. 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, he he said he wants, he's telling women they need to adorn themselves in modest apparel, without jewelry and gold and pearls. But that which becometh women professing godliness. You know, this this is, um, you know, why am I saying all these things? Am I trying to get people not to come to our church? No, people. Listen, listen to me, folks. There are people that have a love for God, but they just need the information. That's all they need. They need to find out. You know, there. You know, I. It, you know, for instance, sir. Uh, I've got to be careful I say this because I was just dealing with somebody. But the Bible even tells us how we're supposed to wear our hair. It says, men, it's a shame for men to have long hair. This is, an, uh, is not an obscure Old Testament teaching. This is in First Corinthians. And it says it's a glory for a woman to have long hair. It's given to her for a glory. You know, this, and you say, well, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Because I'm telling you, if I like direct <coughs> preaching, I believe other people like direct preaching. You know, that we, we need to have this. You know, um, I just, uh, I, I'm not going to exhaust this topic tonight for sure. But this, you know, there needs to be direct preaching. There, people need to hear a certain sound. People need to hear, um, you know, thus saith the Lord. In the days of Samuel, it said there was no open vision. There was, nobody was telling people what God expected what God liked, what God didn't like. And then we read about a boy named Samuel that came along, and God finally found a preacher, just a little boy. And he spoke to him, and, and, and Eli said, what did he tell you? And Samuel didn't want to tell him. He didn't want to tell Eli what, he, what God had told him, because it wasn't good news. Just spit it out. Now, the Bible talks about preaching the truth in love. We need to be patient with people. We need to be kind with people. We need to love people. But we also need to tell people the truth. You know, for instance, um, homosexuality is, is a sin. If you're a homosexual listening to this broadcast tonight, I don't hate you. I have no desire to hurt you. You're welcome to come to our church. Absolutely. But I'm still going to tell you it's a sin. Just like other sins. Like adultery or any sin like that. It's a sin. See, our world, we have whole church organizations, you guys, that are filled with chicken preachers that that don't even care about telling people the truth. You know, I, I, I was reading this story here a while back, Brother Deeds, about this Catholic priest that a woman came to a church with her. She was married to another woman, and he refused to give her communion. She had been raised Catholic. He refused to give her communion because she was not a practicing Catholic. And he got, he got slammed all over the news about that. And I thought, I'd like to meet that Catholic priest. That took a lot of guts. I mean, I I think it took a lot of courage. Now, I'm not Catholic, and I don't believe that doctrine, but I'm telling you, I do admire courage because somebody has got to stand up for what's right. Somebody's got to stand up for what's good. You know, that's why somebody needs, I'll tell you what, folks, somebody needs some direct preaching about this Internet business going on. I mean, here I preach against television, I preach against Hollywood movies, and there are some people watching all that stuff on their phone. Like, what kind of game is this? I mean, like, just because you don't have a television, but you're watching it on your phone, do you think that, I mean, is, does that make sense to anybody? Uh, you know, you parents, your children have the internet. Somebody better be watching out over this. Uh, you you spouses should be accountable to each other. You should be able to look at each other's phones and emails. You know, there, there's a, uh, you know, I, I think, in fact, I feel like God's challenged me just recently again. If you need to use the interfa- internet for business, get your business done, get off. If you if you need to read the news, read the news, get off. If you got to shop for something, shop and get off. If you've got to put something in your GPS and get there, go ahead and get there and then get off. But this idea that we're going to spend our whole life on the internet, that's not right. You know, th- this is... This is direct preaching. This is refreshing. This, I believe that, here's what I've seen. Churches that used to preach like that and quit, those churches, most of them have gotten smaller. They've, they've gone backwards. That's what I've seen. You, you, the preachers that are listening to me thinking that we can't preach it straight. No, preach with love, be kind to people, love people, invite them to your home, invite them out for dinner, but tell them the truth and do it in a kind way. Don't make fun of anybody. Just remember, much of this is brand new to people. And some of the things I even alluded to tonight are brand new to many of you. Well, I I don't know. Boy, I got I got my phone's going off here. The um Oh, I, you know what? I want to say this. Uh we've got a little girl named Naomi Schmidt that goes to church, I believe in Mandan, and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. She's 9 years old the um and so that's that's exciting the um in fact i i don't know her i know her brother joshua but i don't really know naomi but she uh i just wanted to say that uh you know this um and i got other people here oh hey people anybody i'm going to read through these anybody doesn't like what i'm saying um the uh um the, um, okay, I'll let, him, I'll let him say something. Somebody said, why can't Brother Deeds say anything tonight? So I'm going I'm to... Brother Deeds,
5: go ahead and greet everybody. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be back in Dickinson and be with the Simons. And uh, I enjoy their family and enjoy their church. And I agree with what Brother Simon said. It absolutely takes good straight preaching with love. It works in every city and every state, and it'll work in your church and in your life. Just tell it like it is. He's got the right name for his radio broadcast. Tell it like it is, and it works every time. That's how 3,000 was added to the church in one day, 5,000 in another day, an entire city the other day, all because someone told it like it is. And I can tell you it still works today. It's good to be with Brother Simons tonight, and my prayer is God grant them greater revival than they're already seeing in this city. If you've never visited uh, this church, I tell you, you're missing out on the finer things in life. It's an experience that everybody in Dickinson need to take advantage of and stop by uh, their church and enjoy the presence of God. It's strong in that assembly. It was very strong today and I'm convinced it's that way every service. So we invite you to come out every night and hear the word of the Lord. God bless you is my prayer. So good to have Brother Alfred Deeds with us uh, this week for some
3: special services and, and, uh, the person that texted me, why don't you let brother D say anything? He he's the one that told me he didn't want to. So that's why, but I'm so glad you did that. And, um, I'm glad that you called me on that and make sure that he got to say something, you know, uh, again, let me just say, I'm just going to announce what's going on this week. This week in, um, in Dickinson, our next service will be Wednesday night, seven thirty. uh, 501 Elks drive is our address. Thursday night in Bowman, Uh, that's on 18 Main Street, Bowman. Brother Deeds will be preaching there at 7.30. And then also next, uh, or on Friday night, we're having a special service at our church in Dickinson, 501 Elks Drive. And that, of course, is uh, Brother Deeds speaking, and we're going to have some desserts and so on, some coffee after church. So we'd love to have you come out, and uh, I, I promise you that you will not uh, be disappointed we'd love to have you come in many people texting me tonight I probably won't get to read any more of these on the air but uh, I'm going to sing a little song as we close this today this is an old Lance Appleton song and um, first time I ever heard this I was brand new Christian but I appreciated the uh, straightforwardness of this song and uh, and I want to just try singing it tonight let's see where where is that song maybe I don't even know oh you know what I've got it here somewhere uh, here we go In these last days that we're living in, many people have been blessed By the gift of God's Holy Spirit, but you know they don't like holiness They want to keep their long hair and their beer, their mini skirts and their TVs too But it takes a lot more than just talking in tongues To do what God wants you to do Got to be in the ship with the master sailor If you want to make it through life's stormy sea There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity Got to be in the ship or out There's no room to leave for doubt Just say now, if I do this Will Jesus, smile on me. Some people, they get the Holy Ghost and they think that is enough. They want no part of that one God stuff. Well, they'll baptize you in the titles and they'll tell you you're all set. But if you don't go down in Jesus' name, friend You're just getting wet Got to be in the ship with the master sailor If you want to make it through life's stormy sea There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity Got to be in the ship or out There's no room to leave for doubt say now, if I do this Will Jesus, smile on me. Well, there's no room to compromise with Satan and his lies. This world can't satisfy you anymore. Don't need its amusements, styles, or dress to bring you happiness. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor If you want to make it through life's stormy sea There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity Got to be in the ship or out There's no room to leave for doubt Just say now, if I do this Will Jesus smile on me Just say now, if I do this Jesus, smile on me. And Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this radio show, I ask you to just help our listening audience. God, I know that some are listening tonight that are hungry for you, hungry for your truth. And God, I just pray that you help them and lead them, God, and just lead them to open preaching and to people that will tell them what they must do to be saved. And we just pray for them in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. Uh, we've got to um, play a song by Brother Farron to close out the broadcast. I'll try to read these texts later when I get home. And um, Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday night at 806 Mountain Time for another Tell It Like It Is radio show.
4: What I was reading, I said, how can I accept some man should guide me, and I heard Sitting on Mars Hill one day Just telling a few stories Keeping my ears open For something new A man stood up and started talking Said, you're too superstitious Whom ye ignorantly worship, Him Declare I unto you To be washed in the blood of the Lamb Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins I heard I had to rise to walk in unison of life Receive the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues